0: What's up, it's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take time to chill.
1: You're listening to Under the Hood.
0: Get the ESPN Chicago app for podcasts and the live stream from anywhere, anywhere,
1: anywhere. Download in the app store today. This is ESPN 1000,
0: Chicago's home for sports. The Bears circled the end of the season stretch with five of the final seven games coming against NFC North opponents. That's the way the schedule works, as we talk about it here on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Uh, so for those who have not seen the Bears schedule, we'll just go through it again quickly, and I want to get your calls in here. Just wondering, just, again, I'm not holding you to the, the win total. It's fun to look at. That's number one. Uh, Eric mentioned that he likes the Bears to go 8-8 eight and eight this season, which means there's going to be a lot of firings here. And uh, I like the Bears at 9-7. and seven. Again, I can change this thing by the time we get to the training camp, and by the time we get to the regular season, whenever it starts. But it feels like nine and seven, and Eric has people fired. <laughs> you know,
2: sometimes things just just don't go the right way
0: for people. Because <laughs> because you know, two eight and eight seasons is not going to work at House Hall. That Absolutely won't work. not.
2: Like if if it's mid season and things are looking looking hairy, when do they start looking ahead at the next draft? Like this, it's the question. If they don't start hot with this schedule, it could get ugly. Uh, let me go through the schedule and I'll just
0: say one thing and I want to get your calls in here. Three one two three three two espn At the Detroit Lions against the Giants, at Atlanta against Indianapolis and Tampa, at Carolina, at the LA Rams, New Orleans Saints on November 1st, at Tennessee, Minnesota into the bye. Then uh, Sunday, November 29th, it's the first time the Bears play the Packers. It's going to be at Lambeau Field on Sunday Night Football against the Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, at Minnesota, at Jacksonville. Green Bay is the way the Bears end their season uh, on Sunday, uh, January 3rd, for the regular season. I want to make something very clear here, and I don't think that I'm going to change my opinion on this. Um, Yes, it's good that the Bears brought in Nick Foles because it's what I've been asking for for a long time. I said that the Bears need to have a backup to push Trubisky or to replace Trubisky because you've seen, I think you and I have seen enough of Trubisky to know that unless the light just turns on in 2020 out of nowhere, then, then what we're seeing is what we're seeing. Uh, 16, 17 points a game is not good enough in the NFL. It just, it's not. What a top of the line defense. And an offense that has an issue with the offensive line, an, off, an offense that has a hard time getting the ball down the field, um, that that's just not good enough. There's an imbalance there with the team. Just because Nick Foles is on the team doesn't necessarily mean that the win total for mentally goes from eight wins to 12. I don't believe that that is the case. I believe Foles can provide a spark, but how much of a spark, especially, again, when... Trubisky and Foles are seeing the same issues. If you thought the Bears needed an offensive line in the draft, if you thought the Bears need to be able to address this in free agency, if you thought the Bears need to get a wide receiver in the draft, if you thought they need to get that done in free agency, and not just Ted Ginn off the scrap heap, but actually getting someone younger at that position that could be a bookend with Allen Robinson, if you see issues with the offense, then how do you know Foles can be able to uh, get over those issues? Now, we know his story, but still, to any quarterback, if you don't have time to throw, if you don't have enough weapons, and if the, the offense looks like it's haphazard, it's all over the place, all these different uh, trick plays in there to try to fool a defense, if you're just not playing straight-up football offensively against whoever you're playing, how do you know Foles can be able to get around that? We know Trubisky cannot at this point in time. But I want to make sure it's clear that just because Foles is here, it's great that he's in there, Uh, but I expect Trubisky to start. You know why? Because even though maybe you and I don't want him to start, I believe that, once again, Pace wants to prove that he's right. And then, as I was telling Eric earlier, I was like, if you think that Trubisky's the guy, why did you bring Foles in? Because even Ryan Pace is not sure what Trubisky looks like in 2020. What kind of Trubisky do we see? I really believe he starts the season because Pace wants to show that he's right. And at some point Nagy makes a decision, we hope, uh, when to bring Foles in if the offense starts to sputter. Let's talk about it. Three one two, three three two ESPN, three three two, three, seven, seven, six. But I, I want to tell you, on this roster, there is no magic elixir offensively that says for this quarterback in, boy, everything is so, so much different. Not really. Incrementally, maybe, but not to the point where it all he goes from eight eight wins to the Super Bowl. No, you still need to be able to establish those weapons uh, and be able to find the right guys. Because, again, we just talked about this a couple weeks ago at the draft and free agency. And you say, why the Bears didn't address this, this, this. They still haven't. Chris is in Atlanta listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Chris?
3: Hey, Jonathan. Uh, How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for checking in. Good. Yeah, I think uh, the Bears are a playoff team if the starting quarterback has a rating in the 90s. Just like in 2018, and I think the competition during training camp will improve both players. Foles did not play well uh, after he got when he came back to Jacksonville, and he could not get his uh, job back from Minshew Mm -hmm. because he, he was in a different system. He's more comfortable in the Andy Reid system, the Matt Nagy Andy Reid system. So he's going to have some advantages because he's the experienced veteran and can read defenses better than Trubisky. But Trubisky may have advantages because he knows his teammates better. So we'll see how the competition plays out. But the winner of the competition, if they stay healthy, have a good year, realistically, can improve his numbers into the 90s. And that'll that'll make the Bears a playoff team looking at this schedule. Because uh, they had like uh, the fifth easiest schedule or whatever it is in the in the league, yeah. and also job, jobs are on the line. So I disagree with you to a certain extent. I don't. If Trubisky is the starter, it's because he's earned it, not because Pace is stubborn and wants to prove himself correct to the fans. His job is on the line, as is Nagy's, and I don't. I don't think he can afford to make such a judgment like that.
0: So that sounds like ten and six. For what you're telling, Chris. Is Chris? Yeah, that
3: right? I, yeah. I'm looking at around 10, 10 and six, maybe nine and seven, with the seventh uh, playoff team ad, added.
0: Just from our conversation, it sounded like ten and six, and I was right. <laughs> we'll see. We're going to see what happens, Chris. It's, it'll be interesting to see. But I'm, I'm really focused on who can make a difference for Trubisky to make Trubisky better, and for Trubisky to make them
3: better. I'm well, really you cu- got to. You can assume improvement on all the players on the offense. You got to uh, uh, theoretically they're they're going to improve from Ridley to Miller, commit the offensive line, Castillo. Maybe that they're putting some stock in the change in the coaches. We'll see. We'll see what 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 that'll bring.
0: Chris, I but, appreciate uh, uh, and M- Montgomery as well. Montgomery's yeah. running the football. Yeah, and, and and commit to the
3: to the run for once. Commit yeah. to it, you sure. know? Oh, oh, one thing about the schedule, too. First yeah. thing I noticed, Jonathan, was the preseason schedule. Maybe Nagy will actually play his starters <laughs> during the preseason. <laughs> you and know, And Trubisky. <laughs> yeah, and Trubisky. And thank God they're not going overseas because now, you know, he doesn't need to like those decisions. Matt Nagy, to me, showed himself to be uh, needing some maturity as a head coach. Let's put it that way.
0: Chris, I'm glad you checked in. Appreciate your phone call. Leaves line open, 312-332-ESPN is our phone number uh, as we take a look at the Bears' schedule. Again, first blush, you get you know, we'll be talking again all throughout the spring and summer, and then when we get to the season, whenever it starts, then I, once again I'll ask you uh, the one-loss record for the Bears and your prediction. Baka uh, is in Berwyn on ESPN 1000. Ba. Jay Hood, long-time listener, first-time caller. What's up, brother? Thanks for checking in.
4: Uh, Can I give a quick shout-out to all the uh, essential workers, nurses, doctors, everyone out there delivering, everyone making an impact?
0: Amen. Absolutely. Thank you for doing that.
4: And I just want to sprinkle in a little bit, um, Ted Ginn, Jr. Um, From what I remember, I think I remember him fumbling a long time ago in an NFC Championship for a Hall brother. Mm -hmm. But uh, redemption. I see him coming to Chicago to make an impact. To to, you don't rewrite his history. Also, I wanted to sprinkle in there. I don't forgive the Bulls for letting go Hajik for nothing, literally nothing, because we had that uh, bench mob with Nate Robinson, you know, making some noise. <sighs> and I feel like we had a little chance, a little window, but, you know, LeBron was doing his thing. But uh, thank you for uh, everything you do. and. Uh, I'll, I'll hopefully call in later some uh, other day.
0: Yes, thank you very much, and thank you for your Omar Sheikh thoughts because that works today. <laughs> Omera, thank you very much. Uh, still, still battling. How come a Sheikh? And then what was a Sheikh after he left the
2: uh, left the Bulls? I, 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 he got two contracts too. He wasn't good. But that's two contracts ago. He's worried about
0: Omar Sheikh. Three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six our phone number. Zaya is in Skokie on ESPN hey. one thousand. Hey Z.
4: Hey Jay, what's going on? Uh, Long time listener, man.
0: Thank you, man. Thanks for checking in. What What do you think about yeah. the Bears? I, I wrote down nine and seven. What do you see?
4: I think honestly eleven and five. I'm telling you before, like I said before, before the uh, bye week, they're probably losing the Bucks in Atlanta, and one more game. I'm thinking the first game because usually they. You know, they stumble their first game, mm-hmm. and after the bye week, it's just a half, you know just a coin toss after that. So I'm thinking really 11 and five, oh and God. I think Trubisky's going to do a little bit better because they did bring in two new coaches. Remember to help them out.
0: Hmm. What do you think? Well, what about the what about the weapons though? Like who's going to help Trubisky?
4: I think our new uh, tight end going to help. Uh, the wide receivers, Montgomery better help. I mean, everybody has to step up. I mean, to get 11-5, and five, everybody has to step up. I think they will because you know why? I think it's make it or break it this year.
0: Well, you know, you're right. Maybe the Bears make the playoffs, but I know that just getting the playoffs is not good enough. They want to be able to get trying to really break through, Zion. that's the issue, right? Of I course. mean, 8-8 eight and eight, eight and eight just won't do. If they are 11-5, and five, that means that Either Trubisky or Foles has this offense and playing it way above their ability offensively. The defense, I don't worry about. I'm actually the more. I'm concerned about special teams too. By the way, they still haven't solved this kicker thing.
4: Oh no, we haven't found
5: the kicker. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right.
0: So we'll see. Yeah. I'm glad you checked in, I Appreciate your phone call. Please line open three one two three three two ESPN is our phone number. Zaya has it eleven and five. Uh, let me go to Patrick in Crete on ESPN 1000 with Jonathan Hood as we talk about the schedule for the Bears. Hey, Pat.
5: Hey,
4: Mr. Hood. How we doing, sir? I'm well, Pat. Thanks hey, for checking uh, in. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, I don't think that they'll ever win anything with Nagy and uh, and Pace because uh, they're too busy trying to be something that they're not. They're wannabes. You got Pace, who's, who, he wants to be Mickey Loomis. Look at when he drafted Breeze. it was all this, or excuse me, when he drafted Trubisky, oh, this is an extra Breeze. Tariq Cohen, this is Darren Sproles. Roquan Smith, this is Jonathan Vilma. Then you got Nagy, now we get Komet. Oh, well, that's the Travis Kelsey. We get this Darnell Mooney. Oh, well, that's our Tyreek Hill. We get Montgomery. Oh, that's our Kareem Hunt. They're too busy trying to be other people. And what's Pace always say, or uh, Nagy always say, be you. He's not being him. He's being he, He's trying to be Reed. Same thing with Pace. It's always oh, well, this player from the Saints. It's just it's constant, and th- they can't do it. They they just they need to do it themselves, and that's what I gotta say. I don't know. What do you think?
0: So how many wins then? If they if they can't win anything, what do you what are your expectations this year?
4: Honestly, I, I agree with you with the nine and seven, but um, and they may get in with that seventh, you know seventh uh, seed. But that's not good enough, man. That's, that's, that's just not good enough. Compared to where we were two years ago, everything was looking up. It's, it's just it's getting ridiculous. It's the same old stuff constantly. They're always trying to throw a new quarterback down down our throats. It's just it's getting old, Mr. Hood. It's getting old.
0: All right, Pat, thanks for checking in. Appreciate your phone call. Well, I'll say this, that the difference, um, you know, when we take a look at the NFL in general, it always has an ebb and flow where – it's about defense, right? Like, oh, you know, this is about a defensive league. You try to get as many great defensive players as you can. You know, the offense can just run the football. We just kind of beat teams 9-7 to seven if we can. Or the as is, well, you got to make sure you get a quarterback, and a quarterback that really played well on the college level and bring that college playbook to the NFL. So now it's about four wide. Now it's about utilize, utilizing the tight end, like we saw with um, Kansas City and with San Francisco. Make sure you have a pass-catching tight end. Find a tight end that can block. Find a quarterback that can run like Lamar Jackson, you know, it, it, or Russell Wilson. Uh, find a quarterback that has a du- has dual purpose. It, it, the way the game is is that it's it's never original. It's always based on where the trends are. And when you say, well, you know, Nagy is, is being like Andy Reid, and um, how Ryan Pace is like Mickey Loomis uh, in in New Orleans. Well, I mean. This is where Nagy learned from. He was under the learning tree of of uh, Andy Reid. So this is the offense that he believed in. It was Andy Reid uh, coming up with major, you know ultimately the decision on how to run this offense. He did the same thing in Philadelphia and has done this for years. And so Nagy brings a semblance of that playbook to the Bears and wants to run the same thing. Why? Because that's the trendy thing to do. There are a lot of bad teams in the NFL that want to be able to run what Kansas City runs or what San Francisco runs. So you know, we talk about BU. Like, I, like, if Nagy didn't come in with that, then what could he come in in with offensively to make this thing work? I've always said this that you, it's it's the NFL, so you go with the trends. I got no problem with that. You just have to have the personnel to run it. You know, it just you know, I see Kareem Hunt and I see a lot of these uh, you know gadget backs or gadget players in the NFL, Tariq Cohen is not it right now. You know This is what uh, some of those little guys that are on the field that we're going to see coming through the draft that's going to play in their first year or veterans in this league like Darren Sproles back in the day. But so that's what Tariq Cohen is not yet. They, you know, you, you have uh, Cordero Patterson lined up as a running back at times. Well, I've seen that in the Kansas City system, but Cordell Patterson is not that kind of guy that can just break through and give you major yardage or touchdowns. He's a special teams player for the most part. So I don't have a problem with the Bears trying to be more like Kansas City because you want to catch up with the Joneses. We could be like the Joneses, or we could be like the previous regime with John Fox. Run the football, you know, five and diamond down the field. It's about a vertical passing game, and the Bears need more of that. More of your phone calls coming up. Thanks, Pat. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. If you're on hold, you will be on the air. So the schedule's out. What do you see from the schedule for the Chicago Bears? What stands out most? How many wins do you see? Um, Eric mentioned that he likes 8-8. Eight and eight. I like 9-7, and seven, first time looking at the schedule. I was on the ground at IGJHood at
6: ESPN
0: underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN, ESPN 1000. 1000 talking about the NFL schedule release it's out for the Chicago Bears how many wins you see for the Bears how do you what's your outlook for the Bears just your first blush I'm not going to hold you to it I said nine and seven when I first saw the schedule Eric said eight and eight what do you think three one two three three two ESPN is our phone number Eric um, before we go to the phone lines just want to point this out uh, Westgate uh, Superbook in Las Vegas just again I won't hold you to it until we get to close to the season they have over under wins for the Packers at nine.
2: I want to look at their schedule, but I'm I think over. I'm not sure. I don't like the team, but I just don't like betting against Rogers still to this day.
0: Uh, okay, over under for Minnesota nine.
2: Over for both.
0: Okay, so this is gonna be funny. So over under for the uh, Lions six and a half.
2: Six and a half. I say they win six. They go under.
0: And one of them is the Bears, you say.
2: Yes, that is one of them. Yes, they're opener.
0: Well, we take these calls, take a look at the NFC North, you tell me what, what do you think the schedule is and see if you change your mind. All right. Cuz I have a few of those in front of me too, but I just wanted to, that's what uh, it said in Westgate and so uh, and we mentioned earlier the Bears uh, eight wins according to Westgate. Over under wins 8. Um I take I'll take the over and say 9. So let's get your thoughts here. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Uh, Jeff is in Lakeview on ESPN 1000 with Jonathan Hood as we talk Bears. Hello, Jeff. Hi.
1: Yeah, uh, first-time caller. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, big fan. Yeah. Um, you know, I I, I just – I I don't know what Ryan Pace is thinking um, with that draft pick with, um, with Mitch Hill you know, Trubisky to start in the first place. I mean, you got guys like you know Cam Newton when he was at, at Auburn and Deshaun Watson, you know, um, you know on the national stage, and they're showing they got what it takes right there. It's like the girl of your dreams. I mean, point your finger, you know, come here. And he goes with Trubisky. I never even heard of the guy. This guy Mitchell Trubisky, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think I mean seven and nine. I mean eight and eight at best for this year. Um, I like Nagy a lot. I think he's a great coach, but I mean, yeah. And you're right. Like you alluded to earlier in the show, uh, focus on special teams. I mean, look at that punter for the Tennessee Titans, what yeah. he was doing in that playoff game. You yeah. know, I mean, they got to get a kicker, but it's again, it starts at the trenches. When we were back at the Super Bowl years ago, we had a great defensive line. I mean, Cam Newton, he had nothing to work with in that Super Bowl against Peyton Manning. Nothing. Yeah. That offensive line was crap. I mean, look at all the penetration that, that got through. I mean, I know it's a bad game, but, I mean, they they got, it, it starts in the trenches. And Ryan Pace, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan. I don't know what they were thinking. It's just it's time for a new GM.
0: Jeff, I'm cool. glad you checked in. I appreciate your phone call. He, he, Jeff is right. Jobs will be on the line if this team underachieves. So it's the point well taken. Three one two three three two. espn is our phone number. In Lamont, here's Al with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Hello, Al. Hey, Jay Hood,
7: uh, 14th-time caller,
0: 85th-time listener. <laughs> yes, of course you are. I know. <laughs> yeah, what, do you, out, what, 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 what do you think? The schedule came out, Al. What do you think?
7: First of all, I, I was so jacked when you had Tim Anderson, and then I think I jinxed everything because I called so hyped up, and then nothing happened after that. So <laughs> I'm going I'm to I'm go opposite just to be negative. But you know what? I it, I think it's going to be a 5-11 and season. Um, I, it's, I feel like people aren't realizing how much better every other team has gotten. Even our, the crap Lions got better. Obviously, Tampa. Uh, the Rams are still good. You know, they, they do have a tough schedule. So it's going to go one of two ways. They're going to go 11-5 five or 5-11. Five and 11. There's no in-between. Um, I just don't want to get too excited and jinx us like I did with the White Sox because I haven't seen a game
0: yet. <laughs> but in your heart, um, though, in your heart, you're thinking 11-5. It's 11-5. No,
7: I'm being a smartass. Honestly, I'm going to go 11-5 and five because <laughs> I look at that first before the bye, I can see 8-2. And then, you know, you go, you know, you go three and three after the bye with all the division games. I can see that happening. I don't, I don't, you know, I'd say 11 and five is not unrealistic, but it's going to be tough. Not just the folds thing and all this nonsense. I don't know what this guy's talking about with Cam Newton and Carolina before me, but I, I see 11 and five realistically. It's not, you know, Bears hype or Bear fandom. You know, they got an easy, easy first half schedule before the bye. You know, minus New Orleans and Tampa. But mm. we don't know what that's all going to be about. And they got New Orleans in the cold in November in Chicago. Hopefully that helps. We'll see.
8: There's but, no uh, there's
0: no cold in November. They'll, it's it's going to uh, be 60. No, what do you mean? It's, it's going to be raining in like 42. No, it was <laughs> 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 in, the, in the cold Because of Bears weather Is that what you're going to tell oh, me next how Bear weather Is that what you got No we do not know bear weather We're a weak team But hey listen <laughs> Jay Hood Honestly man I listen to you all the time brother
7: I love you You're awesome You guys do this And you keep us in the, in the mix And get our minds off the other nonsense we deal with So hey man I Just thank you so much Honestly from the bottom of my heart I really do appreciate listening to you And you're always real man I respect you for that bro
0: Al, thank you. Thanks so much for the phone call. Um, And that's why we're here, uh, to get your mind off things. We know what's going on in the news. We see it every day. Uh, It's on our device. Uh, It's on our television. But that's where we've we've always been here, to be able to provide a distraction, talking sports with you on Under the Hood. Uh, Let's go back to the phone lines. In beautiful Mount Greenwood, here's Gorman as we talk Bears on ESPN 1000. Hey, Gore.
9: Hey, Jonathan. Uh, This is my first time calling to your show. I'm usually listening uh, earlier in the day. Um, Thank you. You're, do, you're, you're doing a great job. I appreciate what you're doing here under these tough times. Um, I want to be optimistic and I want to give the Bears 10 wins. Um, my concern, well, first, let me back up just a second. I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of Foles. On the other shows, when I've, I've been calling in, I've been beating, beating the drum for Nick Foles. You know, obviously his book of work, uh, you know, he, he, he got him to the big game and he won it. A lot of really good quarterbacks out there can't say that. Um, you know, uh, Philip Rivers, uh, Stafford, just to name a couple. So um, I, I'm I'm happy they got him. My concern is, um, I think uh, they missed the boat uh, after they picked Comet. They should have got uh, Ezra Cleveland. Yeah. Um, I think they could have still got him um, in in the second round. Um, because I believe that their their offensive line still needs some shoring up. And I don't think it matters if you got Trubisky, Foles, or whoever. If the line isn't strong enough, it doesn't matter who, they're going to be laying on their butt. And uh, that's, that's a problem I see. Um, now I'm going to shut up and I'm going to listen to what you think about that.
0: Gorman, I appreciate your phone call. Yeah, um, it's funny you mentioned Cleveland. Uh, he's going to be a monster, there's no doubt. Um, that, that guy, I was talking about him on draft night, that was a, a huge pickup for them. But, you know, you and I are in agreement. No matter who's back there. And, and I, I think I'm I'm pretty steadfast in the belief that just because Foles is here doesn't mean that the Bears are going to go to the Super Bowl because Trubisky's not back there. I understand if there's Trubisky fatigue, um, I, just like it was Cutler fatigue. A- and it used to be straight down State Street where people were 50-50 on Trubisky. There's still some Trubisky truthers out there. I get that. Um, but not as vociferous as it once was it's different now people are hungry because they could see the door closing on this uh, bears team meaning that the defense is strong but you know what can close the the book on a team and its regime quickly is when the offense is putrid or the offense is not producing and and because of the pyro and ballyhoo, because of the the pop and circumstance of oh, it's Matt Nagy. He comes with the Kansas City offense. He's got the Kansas City playbook. We're going to look just like Mahomes and the and the Chiefs. Didn't look like that, right? The reason why it didn't look like that is because uh, the Bears don't have Mahomes. Uh, the Bears don't have the Kansas City offense. They've got the book, but they, they can't produce the offense. And so that's why this season is big. It is big for the Bears to show what they can do whenever it's being played. It's going to be big to see exactly what the offense does. Defense, even if they have an injury or two, this defense can hold up from the secondary all the way up to the line. I'm still concerned about special teams and the kicker because I think I can see a uh, couple of close games here where it's going to be uh, dependent on the kicker to get the job done, and I'm not a big Pinero fan. I hope they have a, a straight-up real competition for that, too. Get that shored up. Got to have somebody in special teams that can help this Bears team out, too. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Gorman, I appreciate your phone call. Calvin is in South Shore on ESPN 1000 with Jonathan Hood. Hey, Cal.
5: Hey, Cal. Hey, Jay Hood. What's going on? Welcome to your hood. Welcome to my hood.
0: Man. No, no. You're you're Calvin. I'm hood. And your phone's working tonight. I'm so happy about that. Find your phone's working.
5: Oh, okay. I appreciate it, my brother. Listen, <laughs> man. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to go 10 and 6. I'm going to give you these three preferences, man. The reason why I say 10 and 6, I'm going to say it like this. I understand Foles is the make or break guy, but he's proven that he can't be big in big moments. So I'm kind of pin, pin him in on the hopes of... Maybe he can be Joe Flacco where he isn't great all the time, but he's good enough where he hasn't cost a game. He's good enough to make those throws to the receivers and being familiar with the offense. Two, I've just seen enough, Hood Jay, Hood. Listen, Trubisky, you couldn't beat out Marquise Wilson. That's a question mark. You want the TVs off. I don't think you had a mental fortitude. You can't read defenses. And like I said, I'm still mad. Like you said, we don't have – you have Patrick Mahomes, and you didn't even give Deshaun Watson an interview. That's just a different discussion oh for a different God. day. But
0: No, yeah, talk I about know. it now. Talk about it now because you, you know, I don't want you to forget about it. Talk, say it right now. Talk about it because right, that's not right, right? I mean, Deshaun Watson right. – imagine the Bears with Deshaun Watson now. You got to bring it up.
5: Exactly because, see, these guys can do a little with less. And they can make the big plays and the big game-time players, and they can lead that huddle. And trust me, it, with a defense like that, it can galvanize the truth, so it inspires them to go out there and make great plays. Even in that 12-4 season we won, Trubisky was not great in a few of those games we won, quite honestly, if you look at the tapes. But, you know, we give them, we give them these excuses, and I'm like, I'm, my grandmother, like Shannon Sharp would say, Hey, excuses are the nails used to build a house of failure. And this time we gotta stop making excuses. Like you said, we gotta get these special teams right. Pace, you got rid of Robbie Gold. That was a dumb decision and you did not replace that. So the joke's on you with that, the quarterback and the rest of the first three round picks that failed. So I mean, those things right there has to be, you know, taking taking responsibility upon and we gotta be able to build upon it because like you say, I wanna see us with the team we got, with the defensive t- championship we got. You have got to be able to sustain the offense and this many years. With that, is inexcusable, my book. But you know, the rest is left to be said. I'm ten and six. I hope I'm good. I know you heard. I'll talk to you later, J-Hood.
0: Thank you, Calvin. That rhymed. We appreciate your phone call. Three one two three three two. ESPN is our phone number. Uh, Timmy's on the New East Side, and he's with us on ESPN one thousand. We talk Bears. Hey, Timmy. Hey,
8: Jimmy. Actually, but
0: Oh, Jimmy. How are you, Jim?
8: That's all right. great. How are you doing, bud? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Okay. Jay Hood, what are we talking about here? Bears. Are we talking about Super Bowl? Are we talking about the records? I mean, because if you're in Kansas City, what are they talking about? If you're in Baltimore, what are they talking about? Last year, we were talking about maybe a Super Bowl. Now we're like, oh, you know, 9-7, and 8-8. Eight eight. I mean, this this is not what we were doing last year.
0: Right, right. No, it, we're talking about twelve and four a couple of years ago. They sank down to eight and eight, and let's let's talk about why. So, so Jimmy, you, we look at right. the twelve and four year. You notice all those trick plays, almost those refrigerator mm-hmm. Perry plays, like oh, right. and that and that was Nagy really covering up for Trubisky's issues offensively that season well, was carried by the defense and then mm-hmm. we missed a kick with Cody Parkey okay so now mm-hmm. eight and eight so so now Nagy says okay Trubisky you know you're, you're just another year you comfortable in the offense let's go that first game against the Packers and when we it was so bad and so embarrassing mm-hmm. in front of a television audience both teams right. can run both teams didn't move the ball but the point is that the Bears mm-hmm. looked so bad offensively and then it just went down from there eight and eight so now mm-hmm. this is why this is a big year
8: yeah, well, and, and two years ago, you have to also look at the injuries. Two years ago, we didn't have many injuries at all. Last year, we had a few, a few more, so that they also kind of hurt the record. But the thing of it is, Jay, what I'm getting at is we're, we're talking about 9 and 7, and some people are thinking like 10 and 6 would be like, oh, that, that'd be a great season. No. Because there's nobody that has a feeling of going to a Super Bowl or winning a Super Bowl. That that's not even in discussion. So where are we? We're without any hope, really, because this team's going nowhere.
0: At the end of the day, right? I see what your point is, Jimmy, and I appreciate your phone call. I see what you're saying, Jimmy's Saying that if we're if we're Eric, if we're not talking about the Bears getting the Super Bowl, then You know, if you're not first, you're last, pretty much, right? That's what he's talking about. It's
2: just crazy what 12 months have brought, not to mention in the world. But Mm -hmm. with this Bears team, last year at this time, we're sitting here going, oh, okay, like Super Bowl expectations. We're going 10 wins, 11. We're coming off a 12-win season. We're only going to be better because they're young and they're going to grow. And we were thinking, all right, they have a legit shot. They were a double-doink away from making it the year prior. And now this year... I haven't heard anyone bring up any sort of Super Bowl expectations for this team.
0: Nope. By the way, as we get ready to do Tales from the Hood, um, I wonder what people in uh, Hegwish and Burnham uh and the east side that i grew that i pretty much grew up with cuz i went to saint francis de sales on the, on the southeast side i wonder what the old east side thinks about the new east side i was Virginia wondering is. what what the new east side was <laughs> i just pictured a lot of beanies and coffee shops <laughs> i can see people like hey hey what we were the original east side what about you know, what about the you know the tasty Freeze and you know uh, father ildofine over there at de sales um, yeah, the, the new east side by the Chicago river walk and, you know, places where you walk actually, where you, you, you know, cause when you, sometimes you start, you know, taking pictures and stuff by the Prisker pavilion. That's yeah. Where my new lunch east walks. Sides. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's where it, so that's the Apple store over there on Michigan Avenue. That's where Jimmy lives. I wonder what people in Hegwish listening or on the southeast side <laughs> think about, what about the, the new east side? What is he talking about? The new east side? Where Where is he? side? Uh, We'll do Tales from the Hood um, as we talk about a big fight taking place. And we'll get back to your Bears calls as well. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. What's the Bears record after you see the schedule come out? Uh, We'll have Tales from the Hood. And uh, don't forget, we have Bill Barnwell on the Bears in the NFL at the top of the hour on uh, under the hood.
1: Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood.
0: Follow on Twitter at TweetJHood. UFC 249 this weekend on ESPN Plus. We turn to our our guy for pro wrestling, for boxing, for MMA, for sports of uh, of the combat kind. We turn to Ray Flores as UFC 249 will take place in Jacksonville, Florida. Ray Flores joins us right here on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 for Tales from the Hood. Hello, Ray.
6: Good evening to you, my friend. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well, thank you, Ray. Um, first and foremost, how is everything with you in, the, in sunny California? I know this has been a, a tough time for all of us. Give us an idea of what's happening out there.
6: Well, you know what, Jonathan, we're waiting just like everyone else for things to start to open up and for, you know, hopefully sports to come back. You know, being in the boxing business and the combat sports business, you know, all things have kind of stopped, and hopefully I'm hearing – maybe july that we can get back the ufc's back this weekend so um, hopefully we get back to somewhat of normalcy however that may be sooner rather than later
0: there's no, there's no question about that um first i want to find out how surprised are you that uh, the ufc has a, a show this weekend i know i know the ufc has been trying to be able to put a show on they try to go to the indian reservation uh out in california it didn't work out so how surprised are you that they're able to put this together
6: Dana White is a trailblazer, Jonathan, and he wants to put events and he has a goal in mind financially that he wants to put things on. And, you know, he just is very, very focused on making sure that his company and, you know, that the fighters get an opportunity to do what they do best. And I have seen that there have been 25 pages that they've submitted to the Florida State Athletic Commission that signed off on it, and they're taking necessary precautions for these guys to be safe and people to be tested before their respective fights. So, you know, Dana, I'm I'm a bit surprised, but at the same time, it's Dana White and never count him out.
0: Uh, Just uh, so our audience knows, because there are a number of states uh, in the country that are, uh, you know, open for business uh, that are are noted – are considered essential businesses the WWE and AEW for wrestling uh same thing for UFC tell us uh about that edict because this will take place in Florida uh and what's the facility and what is the um what's the makeup of how they're going to put this together for UFC 249
6: So it's in the arena that Jacksonville has Jonathan not the football stadium where the Jaguars play but in the arena that Jacksonville uses for concerts and you know, exhibition events, you know, sporting-wise. So that's what they're going to do, their event. Florida was one of the first states to come out, as you pointed out, to go ahead and say that, you know, the WWE, you know, sports entertainment, now with the UFC coming back, are essential businesses. So what the UFC is doing is that they limited... The amount of crew they have half of their crew that it's typically there typically it takes you know they have over 300 employees on the ground something along those lines here they only have 150 i know that corner and camps are in so, you know separate rooms and fighters aren't able to intermix like how typically we used to do during fight week so um, i think the ufc is doing a, a very good job in trying to maintain people being healthy and me personally being in the business I am rooting for them because they are taking all the necessary precautions in maintaining the safety of the fighters while, at the same time, putting on this event on Saturday night.
0: Yeah, UFC two forty nine in Jacksonville, Florida. Ray Flores, our uh, combat sports expert, with Jonathan Hood on ESPN one thousand and ESPN Chicago app. Let's take a look at this uh, this card. Tony Ferguson uh, and Uh What are your? How do you see this uh, this main event, because it's something that has been teased and been talked about for weeks and months now, and that's going to come to fruition.
6: Jonathan, I love this fight. Originally, now, Tony Ferguson was supposed to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov, the man who defeated Conor McGregor, but with that fight, Khabib is, you know, based in Russia, very difficult being able to get him from Russia to the United States, visa issues, all that stuff, so Justin Gaethje steps in. I think this is an excellent matchup because both guys like to stand and trade, and and both men are exciting fighters. Ferguson, I think, is the more talented and well-rounded fighter with his wrestling, with his ground game also with striking, but Justin Gaethje is the kind of guy that comes at you forward and wants to tear your head off. Jonathan, this is going to be an old-school barn burner. In the words of the late great Howard Finkel, ring that Madison Square Garden bell two or three times a man because this one... (laughs) is going to be a Brook.
0: Uh, those in Vegas say that Gaethje is, is going to win by uh, TKO or knockout. It's plus 175 on the board. What, I, where do you lean here with Gaethje and Ferguson? How do you think it's going to
6: end? The way I'm leaning towards is Tony Ferguson has a heck of a chin. Gaethje, that's his best opportunity to win the fight is by trying to finish off Tony Ferguson either by TKO or by a knockout. I think Ferguson has a more well-rounded game with everything. I think he gets rocked a few times, but then he's able to regather himself, stay composed, get Gaethje to the ground, and finish him off in the full month by way of TKO. Or I can even see a scenario where Gaethje gets a little bit desperate, leaves out his arm or his back, and he gets submitted. So I think Ferguson... Has a better, uh, you know, position to be able to get the victory via submission compared to that of Justin Gaethje by TKO. I think Ferguson's game is just too, too well rounded.
0: You know, it's, it's interesting, Ray, when we see fights like this, and as a play-by-play guy yourself, you know, always around combat sports, it's more than just a fight; it's the backstory that leads into the fight. So, I look at the one of the undercards here with Dominic Cruz against. Um, Cajito, yeah, Henry Cedudo. C- C- so I look yeah. at Dominic Cruz, and I like the idea that you know, he hasn't fought in three years, but is a fantastic bantamweight, the story of Cruz being able to get into the octagon for the first time in three years should be very interesting in this matchup.
6: Uh, Jonathan, I've known Dominic Cruz for a very long time, dating back to his days when he was the world champion in the WEC. So before the UFC had 135, 145, 155, that was in the WEC, which the UFC purchased and then consolidated the division into its organization. Dominic Cruz is one of those guys that's been around for a long time. He's a slick striker, very good defensively, outstanding wrestling. But he's taking on an Olympian. He's taking on a guy who's a champion in two divisions, and Henry Cejudo. This is an interesting fight, Jonathan, as you pointed out storyline-wise. Cejudo was supposed to fight Jose Aldo, a Brazilian striker who was a champion in the featherweight division for a while. Aldo got hurt. That fight didn't happen. Therefore, step in Dominic Cruz. On three-year layoff how does Cruz respond after being out of the octagon for three years or nearly three years does Cejudo with the change in opponent how does he adapt because now he's dealing with someone who likes to stay on the outside who likes to use more defensive movements who's focused more on defense compared to offense it's very different stylistically for Henry Cejudo with the guy he's fighting on Saturday compared to Aldo who he was supposed to fight so That's a toss-up fight for me. Would I be surprised if Dominic Cruz wins on points? Absolutely not. Would I be surprised if Cejudo goes out and wins on points? Absolutely not. I think this is a 50-50 fight, Jonathan, on Saturday.
0: Well, another fight that's on this card here that we're talking about for UFC 249 Ray is uh, the veteran Donald Cer- Cerrone, the Cowboy Donald Cerrone, against Anthony Pettis. Last time that we saw Donald Cerrone, he was looking up at the lights after being decimated by Conor McGregor, um, and so and, and I know that there's a lot of hard feelings, especially when Stephen A. said he that he wasn't impressed with Cerrone, but he doesn't. Know Stephen A. and many others don't realize you know, how difficult it is in that in that cage, man. It just, it, it, I mean, forty seconds. You're doing the best you can, but you saw Connor kind of get in there and get the job done. Um, so this veteran Cerrone, he will go anywhere at any time to look for a fight. Um, uh, can Cerrone win this one against Anthony Pettis, or is this just a contender match
6: for Pettis? He can win the fight, Jonathan, and, and this is a wonderful fight. This is an old-school MMA fight. You've been following this thing in combat sports for a very long time. And this is a fight between two fighters in Pettis and Speroni, who have been around for well over, I would say, 10 years. Both guys like to come forward, like to stand and trade. They're both flashy in their own ways. Cerrone flashy with his Muay Thai. Anthony Pettis with his Muay Thai and his, with his athleticism trains under the guidance. of Duke Rufus in Milwaukee, which is mm-hmm. the same gym that CM Punk went ahead and trained at. So uh, I think with Pettis, he is... I think Pettis has more left in the tank compared to Cerrone. Cerrone said after the fight with Conor McGregor that, look, I just, I wasn't myself. I didn't have it that night. And I think that Cerrone, at 37 years of age, is in the twilight of his career. We saw an indication of that in his last fight against McGregor. But I think we really see it full-on display against Anthony Pettis. The way I look at Donald Cerrone, he had his time. He, He is essentially, to me, like the Mickey Ward or Turo Gaddy of MMA because of the kind of wars that Taroni has had. I think Pettis has more left and I think he proves that with his dominance on Saturday against the Cowboy.
0: I tell you what, Ray, um I'm hoping that everything works well for the UFC because Dana White's tried to jam these fights into wherever he could, some fight island some Indian reservation, he's tried, he's tried. I'm just hoping it works well because if this fight and others that he's lining up works well, now you can start seeing other uh, sports start to open up a little bit more. And what I've been saying on the air is I I couldn't care less about the sports. I care about people being healthy and not dying at these events. We did a topic last night and I, and we asked, um, if the shelter in place was was gone, like if Governor Pritzker and Lori Lightfoot, the mayor, said, "Okay, there's no more shelter in place," would you go to a Cubs and Sox game immediately? and on twitter it was like 6040 no on facebook is like 75% yes well the whole thing is like i can't see myself in front of you know with 40,000 people at a ufc fight or or at a ball game until i know that uh that it's safe for me to be out with other people so that hopefully from the ufc standpoint with their staff and with their fighters that everyone can be safe cuz otherwise it's a major setback for the ufc and other sports in general
6: I completely agree with you, Jonathan, because the, from what I am hearing from my side, having worked with the boxing entities, is it's like we are of the mindset of prepared to do events without fans at least for the foreseeable future. And that's okay to me because it's about the safety and the health of people. Now, with that being said, I'm excited about the possibility of, of getting sports back and people enjoying it because a lot of us are at home a lot. now. I mean, we're at home more than what we ever have been. So to be able to get some form of entertainment via the UFC or sports, as long as everyone's safe and taking the necessary precautions, I say, let's do it. And you know, I'm a wait-and-see mentality on Saturday, but hopefully this goes off without a hitch and it'll open up the door for other entities to start to come back in professional sports.
0: You gotta love it. NASCAR and UFC leading the way. <laughs> because NASCAR, <laughs> is like, <laughs> NASCAR is like jamming all their events together, too. They're going to be like in Charlotte and a couple other places. They're like, okay, we're just going to run all week until we start going into these other states. It's amazing. Right, but like again, it's a slippery slope. It's, different. It's, it's dangerous, Ray. Like, if, if everything's good, then other sports are like, oh, okay, maybe we'll start opening up. But if there's one crew person that is dealing with this coronavirus, that sets all sports back. So all sports is on in some ways on the shoulders of uh, the people of NASCAR and Dana White. So if if it's Dana, he's got broad shoulders. He doesn't care.
6: Uh, That's why a lot of us are going to be watching. I'm going to be watching for the fights. And, man, I miss it oh so much. But, you know, again, this is a, you know, you're literally betting. It's a 50-50 chance in Mm -hmm. my opinion. So we're going to wait and see. Hopefully it comes out fine. But, yeah. Uh, these these events, like the UFC, NASCAR, I think boxing as well, once we get the green light, they're going to start churning out events faster than what Mr. McMahon did back in the 1980s when he was running 300 cities in 310 days. So be prepared for that, my man. Uh,
0: UFC 249 on pay-per-view on uh, ESPN+. Plus. I'm glad you spent some time, my friend. Uh, let's talk again soon because uh, there will be more UFC events apparently cranking out that we need to review, so we'll do it.
6: Jonathan, absolutely, always a pleasure. Hey, I'm not doing anything for the foreseeable future, so anytime you need me, my friend, I'm ready to rock and roll. All
0: right, there he is. It's Ray Flores, uh, our uh, our expert. He's always around um, mixed martial arts, around pro wrestling. He's always around boxing. as a play-by-play man for numerous outlets. He's with us here on Under the Hood. Makes sense, though, doesn't it, Eric? I mean, like, this, this fight's going to take place in Jacksonville, And I'm not rooting for failure. I want everyone to be healthy out of this. But, that, I mean, again, it's not necessarily about the fighters, how you funnel them in and out of this uh, facility. It's about the people around it. Are they healthy? Are they going to stay healthy throughout all this? That's the big question.
2: There's just a lot of peripherals in this. Like you said, I know on TV we're watching two guys fight or two women fight. But there's camera crew and then all like you've got to have medics, like just the amount of peripherals it takes to put on an event is what makes these things so difficult. It makes it such a big question mark right now.
0: More of the Bears coming up at 9 o'clock. We'll hear from Bill Barnwell, uh, from the Bill Barnwell podcast, his thoughts about the Bears, what we can expect from the Bears for this upcoming season. Don't forget to hit me up on Twitter, twitter.com, tweet Jay Hood, as well as on Instagram, IGJhood Hood. The schedule's out. What does it feel like to you? I, I mentioned 9 and 7, Eric feels 8 and 8. Uh, what does the schedule tell you as it comes out here on this schedule uh, NFL night? It's interesting. Uh, the Bears... One way or the other, they've had to have a successful season for everyone to stay in place. We'll see what happens. You're listening to Under the Hood.